What's going on, everybody? This is Sean of Raw Select Music. And this is the Super Sonio Show. I'm La Molly. This is Blue and Green Radio. Hello and welcome along to this month's edition of the Music for Modern Living Radio Show, right here on Blue and Green Radio. You're locked in with me, Nigel Gentry. Confessions of a curly mind. Blue and Green Radio. You're listening to Steve Williams at UK5.org. Welcome to the Blue and Green Sessions. Ride the vibe with DJ Ronnie Ron. Twisted Souls. You're listening to the Blue and Green Podcast. And I hope you enjoy what we are going to say. Blueandgreenradio.com Hello friends, welcome. You're listening to another episode of the Blue in Green podcast. My name's Imran. Thank you very much for your time and for your company. I hope you enjoy the show today. These podcasts, uh, this podcast series runs in conjunction with the online internet and London-based radio station Blue in Green Radio. You can find the uh, never-ending 24 hours a day, 7 days a week radio stream as well as the complete list of our podcasts at uh, www.blueingreenradio.com we would love your company and would love for you to check us out we have an incredible array of uh, djs and presenters from all over the world uh, from australia to the states to london to japan and uh, we have a very very similar and like-minded goal which is to celebrate music that we love and um, just hold dear to our hearts and just can't uh, 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 scream about loud enough so uh, that's kind of the essence of what our radio station is about and what these podcasts are about so we hope you uh, enjoy this episode uh, today's episode is a really exciting one because i get the luxury of talking to roxy mercia and Ian Bennett of Roxy and the Underground Soul Sound. They're a uh, funk and soul band uh, based in Nova Scotia, Canada, and uh, they have had um, have had, have had great success with their debut record, which came out in 2014. And in 2019, um, they had the release of their second album, which is Stand Up. It's a wonderful album, and uh, really excited uh, for them and uh, for you guys to hear it as well. So we actually had a. a, a an exchange with Roxy about two years ago for our website, uh, which has some lovely feedback. So hopefully people enjoy the extension of our relationship uh, as well with Ian Bennett uh, as a as a podcast episode as well. So we talk about the band, we talk about their formation, their inspirations, the new project and future projects. So uh, as I say, I very much hope you enjoy the episode. A uh, quick uh, thank you and shout out to uh, the wonderful Tiffany Martin from. Um, from the band's management for helping put this together Uh, so she's awesome so thank you very much to her as well regular listeners of the podcast will know we uh, feature (laughs) well we feature two songs ideally uh, per episode our guest gets to pick our closing number and I have the luxury of picking our opening number but as we're talking to two guests this is the first episode uh, of the Blue and Green podcast that features three songs so um Ian and Roxy will both pick our, our uh, well, they'll pick their uh, numbers, which uh, will close out the uh, the episode today. But I still have the luxury, thankfully, of uh, picking <laughs> uh, picking the uh, show's opening number. Uh, so I think it would be rude not to pick something from Roxy and Underground Soul Sound, and I think it'd be rude not to pick something from their brilliant new album. Uh, stand up so I am going to talk I'm going to pick a song I'm not going to talk much about it because it's a song that we discuss uh, a lot in the actual episode 
um, and hearing them talk about their own song is way way cooler than hearing me talk about their song. So the song is called Helpless. It's my pick uh, for the show today. As I said, they discuss it, tell us all about it a little bit later on. So, um, but this is a great song and I think a great uh, way to kick off this episode. So thanks very much for tuning in. I very much hope you enjoy our episode uh, today. And uh, we'll return for future Blue and Green podcasts. We release episodes on the first, second and third Mondays of every month. So um, we hope you'll uh, enjoy this and future episodes. Thanks very much, friends. Hope you enjoy the show.
thank you so much for taking the time, both of you. I, tr- I hugely appreciate uh, uh, you taking the time to have a chat and and uh, talk about all things Roxy and the Underground Soul Sound. Yeah, thanks for having us. Uh, yeah, no problem. Um, so I guess uh, congratulations. Firstly, album number two is 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 done. Uh, you you must be. How, how, what is this process like for you at this point? Are you very excited? Are you very nervous? How how, how are you kind of feeling about the album? Well, it came out last Thursday officially, but mm. uh, I mean, it's still going through the review process. So it's, you know, you hope everyone gets back to you with something positive to say, <laughs> especially, you know, hoping that what we were trying to say got through to everyone. Is it quite nerve wracking? Is it quite nerve wracking and kind of, are you, or is there a lot of confidence where you kind of like, look, this is, this is us at our best and uh, we nailed it and you can like it or, or, or lump it. This one we felt uh, <laughs> we felt stronger on this one. I think putting it out because you know second time around you just feel more confident in your knowledge of what's going to come out or how it's going to translate. I should say. How, how different would you say this one is to your uh, your debut, which goes back to twenty fourteen, right? Don't don't you know album? Uh, yeah, yeah. pretty old. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> so they take a while to make, you know. They've just. Yeah. <laughs> time consuming and you want to make sure you're doing it right and I think the other thing too is where we had the first one to base it off of we knew the direction we wanted to go in with this one so we were a little bit more what's the word taking our time was definitely the word to use I guess <laughs> <laughs> so what is the process when you're kind of You've so when say don't you know is complete and you've you know you've done your promotion and everything for it when you kind of say right we need to sit down and look at number two you know in this case stand up I mean was there a clear idea of where you wanted to go uh, uh, with this one or is it something that took a long time to kind of come to to fruition or you know did you just enjoy the time in between? Well, a lot of the songs were sort of written during the period of sort of promotion of Don't You Know and sort of playing that and uh, establishing a more solid lineup. Because in the first couple of years of the group, we had gone through like sort of a revolving door of members. But now we've had, at least for the most part, the same group for a while. So mm-hmm. you're able to sort of craft a different product that way. And yeah, it just felt much more like a cohesive effort than... Mm. In the last one. So I read that it's actually you two that that start the process of, of creating the songs. You you kind of go away, do it your parts separately, then you come together and try flesh stuff out with the other band members. Is that right? Is that still the process? Yeah, I mean there's there's I would say there's definitely um at least a more diverse way of creating the stuff. Because yeah, in the first one it was me and her write stuff where she'd write something or I'd write something. Mm-hmm. And this one there's a lot of like meeting up with with stuff already sort of done and getting it flushed out by someone and versus right. like straight up co-write kind of feels like baking a cake where like we and Ian make the cake and stuff and then we let the rest of the band kind of add all the icing and the sprinkles <laughs> yeah <laughs> like we, put, yeah, we put the icing i'd say and they get the sprinkles but some but that's, that's again like the cake is great now but sometimes <laughs> Sometimes we'll bring in just like the, the the cake itself, and it's like they throw on the sprinkles and the icing. And sometimes we come in with the you know the cake and the icing and most of the sprinkles, and they're just like you know what I think it needs that like a 
like a Pikachu fighting on top of this. You know, like <laughs> some cake decoration. I'm not sure why I chose that one. I think it's like my eight-year-old birthday or something. But uh, you know what I mean? Like some, there's all these things that happen when you have people that are on your same page. Because especially after having the first one, you kind of have a product. People know how to approach this entity. Like, how can I approach this thing that exists versus building it from the ground up? Right. Because, wow, we really took that cake analogy as far as we could, didn't we? That was really good. <laughs> we really analogy for soul. I mean, look at it. We've got Memphis Soul School. We've got Soul Cake by uh, Dyke and the Blazers. Food is big. Home cooking by Google Walking Elsewhere. It's a thing in soul music. You don't call it soul food for nothing here, though. You yeah, do yeah, I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm hungry too. <laughs> that's, that's, what's like the the kind of the speaking about soul scene? What's like what's the Canadian kind of soul scene like? I mean, I've I know I know a good few names like uh, Tanika Charles uh, is is someone and Dawn Pemberton, but I mean, uh, is is it quite a thriving? Uh, soul kind of scene over sort of where you're based or just in Canada in general or is it quite it's it's, I don't know something that's a bit niche I would say spread out it's a big country and I mean like Tanika Charles like she's Toronto I mean that's the next closest thing for us I mean uh, I guess Montreal has some pretty cool stuff too Mm. but there is sort of a niche to it and there always sort of seems to be less space for it i guess you could almost say like there's always like a couple good funk and soul bands i'm not sure if that's just the the players who are drawn to it or just stylistic choices like around here you know mm-hmm. would, there's a lot more indie rock and, and punk and what you might call singer songwriter or folk which is cool you know i'm not saying that's wrong or anything that's cool like we have a really thriving music scene down here but there's definitely yeah. a certain thing that's like that naturally kind of comes out of here and this soul music and blues music has always naturally come out of here, but it's always come out in a very like yeah. pure, but small vein. Is there anything you want to say? I mean, yeah. Halifax is, Halifax is small, but it's big in the sense that half of the people here are musicians know each other. And like, everyone's kind of part of little scenes here and there. Like, might be a guitar player that plays in a soul band, but you also might play in a country band, and you might also play in a rock band. <laughs> so it's like very mixed. It's great for the scene because it really diversifies the musicians who are here. So everyone has to be pretty versed in a, a few things. You get some really great players who knows how to approach things from different things and create something unique, which is an amazing thing to be able to be a part of. Yeah, no, well, I was going to say in terms of those sort of different like genres and, and things, you, you, you've both done work with, with people outside of, you know, the music associated with Roxy and the soul sound like, uh, uh, Jesse Brown and, uh, Thomas state stage, sir. Am I pronouncing that, that name correctly? Uh, so you've both done stuff, which is really mega different to, to sort of the albums that you've, you've yourselves have released. So yeah, I guess that's, it is what it's like that there are these communities that you guys sort of dip in and out of. Yeah. I mean, I work freelance as a bass player and guitar player sometimes. So there's, some stuff out there that you would not even take a guess that that would be what I was doing. Yeah. Some pretty, <laughs> some pretty fuzzy rock out there. Might be <laughs> in 
Christmas music. <laughs> or jazz music. I have done them all Christmas. <laughs> you gotta make a living. Yeah. Um, these albums don't pay for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Is it you stuff you're... you're... <laughs> oh, well, well, that was going to be my question. Is it stuff that you're, you're, you find quite easy to dip into? Or are you kind of like, oh my gosh, this is, this is not where I, I don't for know where most, I want to be. <laughs> That's a wrong question, but. but. No, no, it's great. For the most part, um, I'm in like, I am in a pretty good space. Uh, I mean, it's been, I've been on this scene since I was like, like 18, 19. So it's been 10 years. So I've got at least enough of a name that I, you know, whatever comes along my way, they kind of know who I am. So people only ask me when it's like, oh, yeah, you'd be great on that or whatever. You know what I mean? But, yeah, you definitely have to put up with that fucking stuff you don't necessarily want to do. It's a lot of 3 a.m. mornings and waking up at 6 oh, wow. to go to work. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's worth it. And, like, every gig I do now, I I thoroughly look forward to doing. It's, it's a great feeling. Oh, brilliant. So I guess returning to like the, the you know the music that you know you're most affiliated with, where did the kind of the, the sort of the Motown and classic soul, northern soul kind of aspect of your sound? How how did that sort of formulate? When did you know that that was the avenue you wanted to sort of explore? Um, well, me and Ian met back in school, and uh, we had these ensembles, and we happened to be in the same ensemble, and it was an R and B ensemble led by uh, Rob Kroll who's in the band Midland right now. Uh, country band. Out country of band out of Nashville. But he also used to be a part of this band called the Meltones that are a cover band that play around Halifax every Thursday, which the guitar player, uh, Brad Comrade, actually produced our album. He uh, ended up, Rob, this is the guy that was the ensemble player, kind of like showed us all these like, great artists. And like some of them, I'd already heard before and I didn't really kind of connect because of being younger and just like being around the kind of music through like my parents or just, you know, family events or just hearing it again being played or I've just always kind of loved that sound. So yeah, it was kind of mm. nice. And then just doing this like school kind of ended, we still want kind of wanted to continue that vibe because it was just, it's fun. It makes you feel good. There's something about that music that, you, you don't feel sad when you're doing it because it's just such a happy kind of sound. Right. Even the sad songs, like, they're happy like in that weird way that you want to sing them because <laughs> you can relate to them a lot. One thing I really have to always, I think <clears throat> the biggest thank you I can give to Rob at that point was he was really adamant about making sure that the group wasn't just a school ensemble. He really gave instilled in this this ability and confidence to be a working band. So that summer with that group, we had a weekly gig, which is in Halifax not easy to do. Uh, we got lucky; it wasn't well paid, but hey, it was fun. But that that thing really, I think, sparked that thing for for us because yeah. it was like, this is it. You're doing it. You know, this is the work, and it's like, this is this is really good work. I want to make this better. I want to do this better and more for more people that's uh that's excellent that's uh, that's super cool i was watching a, a youtube video earlier today uh on um i think it's it's roxy's i think it's your youtube channel or the group's one of i think it was dated like six years ago of you doing is it starry eyes oh the um <laughs> well, it's Meg, it's Meg, uh, i've gone blank as to the oh, yeah. <laughs> 
probably was, it was watching the Bible. <laughs> Was it just one acoustic guitar, or was it like a band? No, there's a band who were on the stage. There was, an, I think, yeah. another backing vocalist as well. Um, Ellie Golding. Sorry, I, I was trying to remember the name. Ellie Golding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, and I kind of liked that you you, you would take what well, even back then. You know, you were making a, a very pop song. You would still put in you know, your, your kind of, your spin on it. You're making it a fun song to, to, to perform. Yeah. I really like that song. Actually, I, I took that uh, example from a live video that she did that was very broke down because I really liked her voice when it was like away from all like the electronic stuff. It was just kind of her and the guitar. So she could really hear mm. the soul for us in her voice. Yeah, no, it is a cool song actually. It is. Yeah, it is a cool song. And it was a great rendition by the way. So well done. <laughs> Well, thank you. So I guess, again, moving back to, to stand up, uh, I guess a year ago, I think it was a year yesterday, you put out the, gosh, the great song and a great video for Helpless. Um, really great video. I was watching it again today as well. It's, uh, it's, a, it's quite a powerful one as well. And I think it's, it's sort of inspired by a lot of recent events over the last couple of years. And I think great soul music has this element of, of protest. And I think it always has going as far back as Marvin Gaye, as far back as James Brown, Aretha Franklin, there's always been a great element of, uh, of, of protest, Curtis Mayfield as well. And, I, and it, it was, it's really cool seeing that tradition continue in contemporary song music. And I think you had a beautiful um, addition to, to that kind of lineage for soul music with the song and the video for Helpless. I mean, what were some of the, I'm going to ask, what were some of the events that inspired you to do it? But even though you've listed them all on the screen of the video, but what was kind of the catalyst for that? Um, well, I mean, it was like right in the heat of like every week, it seemed to be something was going wrong or something was happening, like the school shootings like or just bar shootings or just in the streets it was just like non-stop violence constantly and it just it's really kind of shitty to just <laughs> sit back and see all these terrible events on like just going on all the time like there was nothing positive happening or if there was something that slightly positive came along it was completely knocked down by the fact that there's a, there's another tragic event so it just the anger from it all led to writing the song and here it is today. <laughs> and it just seemed like <laughs> after we released the video too, like there's still more going on or I could just think of other things I wanted to add to the video of like things that were happening. But I, at that point, I think it's pretty obvious that everyone could see. <laughs> yeah, they're all beautifully listed on the thing. So it's a silly question to ask what inspired it because all hundred of those things are there. So yeah. yeah. But is that kind of an aesthetic that carries on to other songs onto the album, would you say? In some cases, yeah. Different different ways of looking at those feelings and different angles of approaching it. But I think more so in the writing that's come out of it since. It certainly, mm. that song definitely was a catalyst into the approach we wanted to start taking. Something that was more more meaningful. And, you know, in, this, in the way you mentioned Marvin Gaye, who goes from singing uh, Can I Get a Witness to singing What's Going On. You know what I mean? Mm. Both great songs, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's obviously it's sort of sad that that's always going to be a question I think that people are destined to ask, you know, that uh, the latter one, of course. And yeah, times haven't sort of changed, I guess, as much as people would have hoped. 
when they were listening to that song what 60 odd years ago <laughs> yeah so how else would you would you, you know talking about sort of stand up i mean what are some other uh uh kind of highlights for you how in terms of how it was all put together what's like the recording process is it kind of you guys go in knowing exactly what, what how it's all gonna gonna come together or is it kind of a fleshing out experience as well there's definitely a fleshing out experience um the rhythm tracks are done first so bass drum and rhythm guitar were done in two different studios because the other studio had to move so we had to go to that different location anyway so we do those and then we start putting on the like guitars and keyboards and stuff like that and uh that's where the flushing out really starts to come into play because a lot of times you're dealing with just you're more under the microscope you know in this situation you can approach things differently you can be like well i guess we really don't need two guitar players kind of playing chordal things there you know that's just too much we can get rid of this stuff it's a great process too because when you come out of it you know your songs just come out so much more refined different different processes like the horns if even if i didn't arrange them i transcribed them so we could bring like a part a chart to the session so that we could have something to work on and just start from there and build it yeah i mean it's definitely good to I mean, it's obviously tedious because you're like listening to yourself repeatedly to a point that you kind of want to blow your head off a little bit. But you know, <laughs> it helps because like when you're on stage, you're not really listening intently enough like to each part that's happening. I would say like where you can sit down in the studio and like you can really sit there and focus on each part to like Ian said refine it was uh was Erin Costello as a, a part of this project as well no as, as with the uh, debut no we uh I'm not sure if we'll ever really have like a, a set producer I think it's sort of mm. you know more of a who can who do we think can bring out what we need to bring out in this batch of songs right um this time we went with Brad Conrad, because, you know, he's, uh, as Roxy mentioned, a, me- a member of the Melatones, which are, they've been a live funk and soul band in Halifax for right. 20 years. 20 years, that's right. 20 years wow. they've been doing it. And uh, I've done other stuff with, like, another great uh, blues, soul, uh, Americana artist, Matt Anderson. I've done some really amazing stuff with him in uh, the States and Europe. But, uh yeah, we just like that kind of experience where we've kind of done those more of those shows, the live soul bands. We knew he'd be able to approach it from that standpoint and get what we wanted to get out of this batch, which very much evolved mm-hmm. on the dance floor, if you will. You know what I mean? And, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like what Aaron brought out of the last one is incredible. She's an absolutely like incredible musical. She's a monster. Yeah. One of them. Man. She's like, yeah. I'm doing it all through freaking hard work. That's the one thing. The only thing Aaron's better at being a musician is a hard worker. She's insane. But, uh, yeah. An incredible yeah. discography that she has available as well. The amount of things that she's worked on. So it's, an, yeah, it's yeah, a huge, like huge win. She's crazy. Mm. True Canadian legacy. <laughs> yeah. It is awesome. Yeah, hopefully you guys will, will reconnect or just, uh, uh, as you say, though, keep going I'll in different... You probably will reconnect then. Yeah, yeah. Her and her partner, Clive, has been sort of like, he's been, for me at least, kind of a guru in 
helping me dive deep into soul music and kind of always putting the names and the the players and plays for me and just sort of like, yeah, check this out. And I'm just sort of gone for a week. You know what I mean? Sort of <laughs> figuring out how can something sound so good? What's your most recent discovery? If you can remember offhand. From him? Yeah. Just out of interest. I'm trying to think with the, he let me after, it was after we opened for with the super soul review a few years ago, but he let me Betty Levette's. Um, oh, wow. It's like there's a record label down in Nashville called SSS, Shelby Singleton Singles, I think. Anyway, there was this really cool soul label. And uh, anyway, Betty Levette went down there in 1969. It had this kind of like country soul sound, but it was like a little bit more leaning on the funky soul side than the country side. But yeah, this right. is some, oh, it's just some kick and soul music. And she sounds so good. It's like, she's like 23 or something. It's just like, no way. Oh gosh. Holy. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, it's just like the industry, man. Like, she had she been Wilson Pickett, these songs would have been everywhere. You know what I mean? They're just kicking so much ass. Like, <laughs> musical politics that just kept that woman out of it, man. She's powerhouse. Roxy, who are some sort of standouts for you? Oh, God, there's a list. <laughs> uh, like, the staples for sure would definitely be Gladys Knight, Shotgun, and yeah. Etta James. Those are some heavyweights right there. Incredible talent, and Gladys Knight having a range of a boss is unreal. Like three octaves, or something crazy like that. And then, like more modern, I would say it would be like Sharon Jones and Amy Winehouse. Like they all have their own unique mm. style, which I really loved about them all. Like they always could stand out from everybody else. Like when you hear mm. them on like the radio, like that's Sharon Jones, that's Amy Winehouse. Yeah. Like, don't sound like anybody else amazing names so talking about live stuff i mean i you, you again your youtube channels have a have a nice selection a really great selection of sort of your live performances and i know that's something that you really embrace as part of a of the band what's your kind of take on live gigs is something you thoroughly enjoy i guess you feed off the crowd quite a lot it's particularly the type of music that you do yeah live shows are great because especially when you have that respect like response with the energy from the crowd while you're, you know, going to town on stage and then you can see that they're really going. So you're kind of feeding off them. And then the more you're giving, they're giving more back to you. So you just end up being a big ball of sweat by the end of it. But <laughs> it's fun to like see people dancing to like your original music and like really yeah. enjoying it. Or even seeing somebody that knows the lyrics to your song. That's the one that gets me. Mm -hmm. There was a guy at one of our shows in Freverton in New Brunswick that I looked down and he knew all the words to my really slow song off the first record, Fought the Battle. And he was just singing along full blast. And I put the mic to him and I just to see if he really did know it. <laughs> and he, uh, yeah, he sang right through and I was like, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> and I was like, that, like chills and everything. <laughs> I was like, here you go, you can rest. <laughs> that must be the wonderful moment for him. He must be a real diehard fan. Yeah. First time it ever happened. Yeah, that was the first time it ever happened. Except for our moms, but that's a that's a <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys managed to tour outside of Canada much? No, that's a tough process out here. 
Uh, American bands are allowed to come into Canada without visas, but we have to go through a pretty extensive visa process. They're expensive and they don't last too long. And they also aren't always guaranteed. So you could book your tour and just pray that your visas come through. Otherwise, you have to cancel it. But you also need to prove that you're going there for that. So you have to have the gigs. And then alternatively, you can fly across the second largest body of water on the planet and go to Europe. But it's it's as expensive to go there as it is to go to the other side of the country, too. So it's it's an awkward place. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a tough thing. Where would would you like to go? I mean, I would definitely love to go, yeah, everywhere. (laughs) I'm always ready to go to Europe the most. Mainly because I have a background there, but also like just knowing that states is pretty hard to get into, and well, let's just say everybody knows what's going on down there. So yeah, we'll put that on hold. Yeah, uh, they got some stuff to get sorted out. Yeah, they're some, making it very uh, hard for us to get down there. They got some orange oh, in a wig place. So, <laughs> so what? What? What are some like? I guess before I let you go, I've got like. You're, you're, you've become a very decorated band um, from like the Galaxy Rising Star Award, Nova Scotia's Urban Recording of the Year, uh, New Artists uh, Recording of the Year, Halifax Coast Gold Award. I mean, what are some like career highlights for you? I mean, you've you've done so well, you know, stemming from your live stuff, stemming from Don't You Know. Um, what what have been some just incredible highs from from your career thus far? Well, I would say opening for Shotgun. That that's probably the biggest highlight. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Where was that one? That was at the Halifax Jazz Festival two years ago now. No, it was last year. Right. Was last year? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's, now it'll be two years <laughs> yeah. coming up. But uh, I'll skip right ahead. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was pretty pretty cool. Because like, it was really funny because we could see the school that we met at across the water on the stage. And yeah. we... A, first met, and B, okay, there's three points to this one. B, learned about Shaka Khan, and C, had her asses kicked learning her music, but it, like, did so much for us. Like, yeah. It was, like, she's, she's a, a big reason of why we are the players we are today, because we got our butts kicked by learning her music. Yeah. It was awesome learning. Amazing. Did you throw in any Shaka Khan covers in anticipation oh, no, of her no, no, stage no. Oh, no, no, no. That's a good way to, like, never get asked to do a gig. Really? Is it that is it that extreme a thing to do? Oh, yeah. I would have oh, no man. doubt that the jazz festival would never ask us to play. And then, like, anytime anyone's, like, suggesting you, like, there would always be this, like, stain on your record, and that'd be a pretty big really? stain, not do that it's almost like when people go on those talent shows and like the judge is like a a singer or like an oh, artist okay. and goes on and like sings their song you're like oh boy <laughs> like, oh i see wow i never yeah. thought of it i just thought yeah, it would be something to make oh, that's a great point no i never thought of it like that see i would have done that and then never been asked to perform anywhere again so yeah it's a good thing you explained that <laughs> i mean it's like playing people's covers like covering people's music as like a you know, like a, a, a gig kind of thing that's not like a bar gig, I guess. Something mm. that you, you on the bill, <laughs> you know, yeah. throw a couple covers in there but, and like whatnot, but definitely not while you're opening for the person. I don't yeah, think no, you're right. 
That was a rookie thing to say. You're right. You're right. (laughs) I think the highlight was probably from that gig. Was it the very, when we got off stage, Shaka Khan wasn't there. She didn't get there. She got dropped off in a minivan, like halfway through the band's intro and was out in the minivan halfway through the band. Like she's like, she's got her own issue. Like she's got some pain. Like it's hard for her to, be up on stage like that so it was anyway oh, but the band one of the i think it was the guitar player came over and just gave us like a like a nod and was like nice yeah, good job guys like keep kicking ass and it was just it wasn't like That's super so gutsy cool. and it wasn't over the top but it was like that meant something you know like he just he just he made the effort to say yeah good job like keep, keep mm. working at it and it was like yeah That's right it. on we're, we're in, in the right direction he's he's obviously doing something right <laughs> that yeah no absolutely that must have that's very cool yeah hopefully you'll get to shoot you'll be backing her next time right (laughs) that'd be crazy you never (laughs) pinch myself a ton of times to make sure i'm awake (laughs) pretty familiar with those early records she did she did pretty much my entire my favorite rufus record and she did so right. many cuts off of it. I was just like, no way. She's actually doing that one? Like, what? It was, it was <laughs> I was losing it because I'd been listening to that It's great when like, they dig oh, deep, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's great when they dig deep. You'll have to remember that when you guys are five albums in and you're going to have to always pluck those album tracks that weren't singles just to make the real diehards very happy. <laughs> right. We'll just have to go back to the second album, do it all the way through. <laughs> yes, exactly. Four, yeah. <laughs> it's probably way too early to ask but have you given any thought to where uh the third album could possibly go or what you'd like to do for it pretty much all (laughs) (laughs) for the recording process of doing this one we've definitely written another album in (laughs) that time oh wow okay pretty like yeah we've i'll stop till you get enough (laughs) yeah it's at least probably four songs that are like songs like been in the set for a while new material and then some like probably two or three more that are at least been on the table and worked on and then another three that are like written and just need to be presented so it's like a whole other records there so it might not be so long until we hear the next one no definitely not hopefully not as long as (laughs) yeah it was the five years yeah it was a long time yeah but people still remember it. It still meant something to people. So yeah, we'll wait. If that's how long it has to be, we'll wait. <laughs> it won't be that long. So we'll definitely have it out. Excellent. Well, I've taken up too much of your time already. Um, um, as we mentioned about closing songs, I, I, is this going to be our first episode where we have two closing songs or have you both agreed on one? Well, let's do two because soul music's awesome. So okay. Funk and soul tracks. Roxy, what's yours? I got mine. Ooh. No, you go first. <laughs> uh, it's the one that Dr. pulled out at the show that I was just like, I was, I, my jaw dropped. I was just like, jaw dropped, like, no way. <laughs> I was it was uh, Pack My Bags, Shaka Khan, Rufus. Wow, like, yes, baby. brilliant. Perfect. So that's first. What, what's Roxy got for, for our closer? It could be, it could be a Roxy in the Underground Soul Sound tune as well. Oh, well, we may as well play the single if that's the case. There we go. (laughs) He's all right. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, okay, oh, yeah, our record, yeah, whatever. But this shot a contract. (laughs) 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 
So to, well, well, tell us something about he, he's all right about about where, how it came together or something, something to set well, the the single up. I've been listening to a lot of that like southern soul stuff at that point, and uh, hmm. I was just about to go to bed. I remember, and I was like, I just want to play my bass a little bit more. Like, screw that, don't play the bass. And I just played that riff, and I was like, you know what? That's pretty good. So I went back to bed, and I kind of have this rule: if it, if I wake up and don't remember the riff, then it wasn't worth remembering. But I remembered that, and it kind of stuck with me. So I just sort of turned it into something and just sort of started humming a melody. I don't know, words kind of come to it, and you just sort of flush it out from there. You know, one of the classic soul, I don't know, banger, you know, just one of those ones you drop that on the needle, and it's a bomb. Land of a Thousand Dances, Uptight, uh, Tell Mama, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. Respect. It's just like, yeah, you're not sitting still. You're getting up. Two perfect picks. Two perfect picks. Um, they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're two great closers for the show. So thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, well, congratulations on, on, on everything so far. The the countless uh, accolades uh, for two stunning, stunning albums. And uh, I wish you guys continued success. And I look forward very much to album number three. So thanks so much for taking the time to have a chat today.
surprised You got to move on like the sun got to rise I'm just holding you down But the universe is calling you You are one of chosen few You got to pay your dues Me and the baby gonna miss you I see your smile in the face in the night.